Welcome, Wildcat fans, to another episode of Weber State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, a man who made his triumphal return to save the former his former office mates and got in a car wreck for his troubles, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have a man who isn't afraid to wear his high school letterman's jacket when he makes his triumphal returns to Fremont High, Dustin Chapman. I would have worn it last weekend had I seen Fremont High beat rival Roy for the first time in seven years. Yeah, yeah I don't want to talk about that. Next up, <laughs> we have a man who will make his triumphal return to the great state of New York in just two weeks, John King. My best friend is getting uh, is getting hitched. It's the it's only the second time since we all graduated from college that um, we've all been able to get the gang back together. So uh, Chautauqua Harbor, be warned, we're coming. <laughs> and finally, we have a new panelist for you folks today. We have a woman who identifies as a washed up high school athlete who makes her triumphal returns to the pitch as a multimedia journalist. We have the signpost's own Emily Miller. Hi, how are you guys? Emily, super glad to have you on Weber State Weekly. Glad you could join us and be a part of this. Looking forward to season two and also, you know, having you on and getting your takes as we move through the seasons, whether that's volleyball, basketball, football, what have you. So thanks for being a part of Weber State Weekly. I'm definitely excited to be here. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, on today's show, we've got a few things to talk about, but football is right around the corner, folks. So we're going to be talking about football depth chart rankings. We're going to go through each position, talk about the depth of that position and what we like, maybe what we're worried about in each of those. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to be playing a game called this or that. I've got some prepared situations, some uh, some things that our panelists might prefer over another and we're going to put the question to them and see which they would prefer, this or that. But first, before we get into all of that, uh, we want to remind you folks, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And also, we're on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is one of the best places to, in to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. Just fresh off of coming back from the purple and white scrimmage up there, had the chance to chat with Do It All DJ. Dylan Jones, because we were tweeting. So shout out to DJ and also everybody who came up to Swenson to see the purple and white scrimmage. It was a good time. And we also have a Patreon. If you like what we're doing, want to be a part of it, want to help support Weber State Weekly and some of the ideas we have set up for season two, go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly and choose one of those levels to support us. We're really looking forward to it and getting our game day chats going again this season. So all of that finished. Let's talk football depth chart, folks. Um, sure, many of you know, uh, we had a not-so-great end to last season, a first-round exit at the hands of the Southern Illinois Salukis. Not ideal, but an opportunity for the Wildcats, especially some of our younger guys, to play in the spring and get some experience as we now we go into a normal season, hopefully, you know, depending on what happens with COVID, of course. But uh, we're going to go through our team and kind of see, because we've got some interesting additions that didn't necessarily play in the spring and some folks who did. So we're going to go through group by group, asking our panel their thoughts on this group, some folks they like, and maybe some concerns they have. So I want to start all of this off guys with the offense. The offense was a huge question mark for everybody going into the spring season. And I think now we still have some question marks going into the fall. So I want to start off with the quarterbacks group guys. And I want to ask, quarterbacks of course we saw you know the rise of Bronson Barron emerge as a starting quarterback and we saw a great game that first game against Idaho State before he broke his wrist talk to me a little bit about quarterbacks guys what do you like who are you excited for and uh maybe what are you worried about at the quarterback position John King I want to start with you so I said last week on the podcast um you know I think that I think Bronson Barron is really going to take a big jump this year. I mean, you mentioned the, you know, you mentioned the broken wrist, um, last year. I really, I really think that, that, that did hamper his development a little bit, but I do think at the same time that those, I, like I said last week, that those, you know, the, those games from the spring are going to pay big time dividend dividends down, down the line. And you may not see it, you know, in the first couple of weeks of the season, but I think when we're looking at week seven, week eight, you know, we're getting to the, you know, the more business end of the season. I think that, you know, being more comfortable in the offense, he is going to have a good number of weapons around him all season long, um, uh, provided the Wildcats stay, stay healthy. And I really do think that, you know, he's going to achieve a, 
a level of consistency at the quarterback position that, you know, Weaver State hasn't seen in a couple of years. Yeah, we certainly hope to see that. I mean, Jake Constantine, I think, was a he was a capable game manager. Um, there were times where it seemed like Jake's arm wasn't quite there. But uh, some of us will harken back to the days of, you know, maybe maybe Stephen Cantwell or, you know, lately another name has been floating back to the surface and Cam Higgins, who was a, it was a standout at the quarterback position at Weber State. So, Chappie, what about you? How are you feeling about our quarterbacks group this year with Bronson Barron, Kylan Weiser? And uh, Creighton Cooper, Randall Johnson, um, who, who am I missing here? I'm missing one more. That's the group. At least that's what I know. <laughs> um, I'm stoked. Uh, you know, Bronson Barron, the other thing people tend to forget about, not only was he playing with a, a broken non-throwing wrist, but it was also the first time he'd seen game action for three years. Right. I mean, that's, that's huge. Uh, he did a really good job coming off of that, in my opinion. I, from from some fans that I interact with, I, I still heard people even toward the end of the year say, ah, maybe Randall Johnson should get a look. Um, to me, I feel like we saw Randall Johnson in the games we saw him, and he didn't look overly prepared. It looked like he was holding the ball too long at, at the times we did see him on the field. So uh, so for me personally, I, Bronson Barron's going to be good. He's the guy here. He's going to start a lot of football games at Weber State University, and he's going to win a lot of games. And uh, you know, that, that spring season is going to pay huge dividends in my opinion, because he got six games, whereas other teams in the conference, you know, Montana specifically, they're replacing a quarterback from 2019 at Alton Sneed and that guy played no games. So, um, so I, I definitely think that Bronson Barron's going to take that step forward. Um, and I do think that we'll see some of the backups get a little bit of time, but Bronson's going to establish himself as the guy. So, so Chappie, do you think that um, as time goes on, Barron gets more comfortable at the quarterback position? Because we saw, I think, a lot of growth. He only threw two picks last season. And I think he already had, you know, a lot of maturity for somebody in the quarterback position. Do you feel that maybe as time goes on, he just continues to settle in? Or do you think we're going to see it right out of the gate as the season starts against the University of Utah, which is a tall order? Yeah, it's a tall order against the University of Utah. I think we're going to see multiple quarterbacks against the University of Utah just because of the nature of the game. Uh, but yeah, I, it feels like Bronson's the guy. It feels like he's the guy from from moment one of uh, you know into camp and the moment one of the spring season that it was they were going to ride or die. That Coach Matt Hammer was going to ride or die with him. And to me, that's the other part that, that really makes a difference here. Um, Matt Hammer is now. In his return stint at Weber State, he's he's going to be more comfortable with the offense and and what he does and what he has around him going into the fall season too. Yeah, Emily Miller, I wanted to get your thoughts here. Um, what are you thinking when it comes to the to the quarterback position? Are we feeling confident about who we have going in? I forgot to note Chase Akaka from the great state of Hawaii coming in from Chabot Chabot College in California. Uh, that that's the the name that I forgot. So an app group of guys. How are you feeling about this group of quarterbacks as we get ready for the season? You know what? I'm I was thinking about this, and I'm just gonna go right back to what Jay Hill said in a in a midweek press conference at the start of the 2021 spring season. He pretty much just said if the if the quarterbacks are good, they have enough weapons around them to be a good team. I think that's what we're really gonna be riding on going into the season. We know Barron, he's, he's got a promising future, kind of like how you guys mentioned. I mean, coming back from that three-year break, he he went fifth overall in the big sky for for over 1,000 yards. I mean, you can't ask too much more from him, especially riding off that broken wrist. But uh, Randall Johnson, funny enough, he even, during uh, Jay Hill even hit it right on the dot with him as well. He... He said he can chuck it a mile, and obviously he proved that right in that Hail Mary win against NAU. I think they're they're promising. I think I think they all kind of have a chance to win, but I, I definitely see Bronson Barron carrying the team out for this season. Yeah, probably the case, especially like we saw once it was clear that Barron could play, even though he, he broke his non-throwing wrist, so he was able to come back and play, obviously tape that thing up pretty pretty heavily, and then you know put him back in the game after that NAU game, moving on in the schedules. Uh, so definitely, I think somebody who's established himself, uh, we'll just kind of see how things shake out, but good notes from Jay Hill in those mid 
week press conferences of which I think there's been a lot. They've been busy in camp this week. Oh, but yeah, that was last year, uh, heading into the, into the Idaho state game when they were traveling up to Pocatello. But I think, like I said, I think we're just going to kind of ride that same thought going into this season. If the quarterbacks are good, the team's good. We have plenty of weapons around us. Yeah, like we noted, uh, the, the name that I forgot, thanks for shouting us out there, Brent Wainsgard, uh, junior college transfer Chase Akaka, from, uh, quarterback from Hawaii. So thanks, sir. thanks for shouting that out for us. Um, all right, guys, let's move on to the running back position because it's an interesting one, and I want to get through this one really quickly because we are stacked and we've got a lot of ground to cover still. So running back position is an interesting one. Um, it's, a, it's, I think, a position of strength for the Wildcats. We have seen the Wildcats... Not necessarily a revolving door at running back. We've had some mainstays, but we have, have we've seen some injuries there. But returning for the Wildcats at running back this season, of course, Josh Davis, who's made a number of All-American and even the Walter Payton Award watch list this year. We'll have Chris Jackson back. We'll have Kevin Smith Jr. for a senior season. We're going to see standout Dante McMillan, who really shown in that Southern Utah game down in Cedar City. Uh, and we're going to have a Texas speedster, Damon Bankston, who is a speedy, speedy guy. Uh, coming in as a true freshman, although uh, another uh, shout out, Coulter May going to be there. And I and I thought Clay Moss was on this list. I don't see him anymore. But uh, anyway, that, that's going to be the running back room. Uh, and I think, oh, and last one I forgot to mention was Dave Jones. He's started out as a running back, uh, was switched to cornerback. Now he's coming back as a running back for his senior season. So some position uh, switching there, but also some experience. John King. How are you feeling about this quarterback or this running backs groups? Uh, anything, anything really to say? I don't think that we necessarily need to be worried about them. So this, for my money, is the deepest position group on the roster. I mean, look, we can all we can we. I think all of us can't say enough good things about Josh Davis. I mean, he is a playmaker of the highest order at this level of football. Um, he can do everything, you know, he's good on the ground. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's good in space. Like he's just a complete running back. I think Dante McMillan was a really good surprise last year. Um, cause if you look at his statistical production, you know, especially with like yards per carry, um, he's right there with Josh Davis. And so in order to have that, you know, you look at all the good, you know, good football teams in the country, whether it's NFL, whether it's college football, whatever, they all have, um, uh, they, they, they all have multiple running backs who can produce at a really, really high level. And those two right there are going to be, um, uh, are, 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 are really going to be a nice two headed attack in, in my opinion. Now, the other good thing, you know, about this running back room is it's got diversity. And so what I mean by that is, is that, you know, you've got more skilled running backs, which, you know, kind of do everything you got, um, uh, you know, when obviously Davis and McMillan, you've got power backs like Chris Jackson and Kevin, uh, and, and Kevin Jones, um, who, uh, um, you know, can really be great in short yardage or can really, um, uh, and can, and can really affect the game that way. But one, player I'm really excited to see return back to the offside offensive side of the ball is going to be David Jones. Like you just mentioned Colby. I mean, people, if you remember from that 2017 team, you know, David Jones was really, really good in space. And I'm hoping that he has retained some of that, um, uh, some of that skill set because I think he could be a guy to really, you know, catch some balls out of the backfield, you know, really use his speed, his athleticism on the perimeter um, and just be, kind of a change of pace guy that, you know, is, would be, would he just offers something different that the other, you know, the other running backs really don't. And just being that guy who, you know, he doesn't need 20 touches a game, but like five, six touches a game on the perimeter in one-on-one -on -one situations, I think he could be really dangerous. No, you're right. Uh, that he was a part of that 2017 team that made it to the corner finals and took JMU to the wire, um, ended up with 445 yards of offense that season. But uh, definitely an, uh, a capable back coming out of the, the, the backfield in Dave Jones. So good to see him back there after a, a couple of years out on the defensive side of the ball as a cornerback. Chappie, what do you think about this running back group? How are you feeling? Yeah, if, uh, I'm glad that we have Kevin Smith Jr. back. I'll say that up front. Uh, Dante McMillan, I, I, going back to that 2017 year and even the 2019 year, what's fun to watch about Weber State running backs is when we have a situation where, um, you know, where we have guys that can run in space and guys that can run in the open field, but then we have short yardage backs. That has played really well at Weber State. And when Josh Davis can be the guy that gets you down the field and then we can throw in Kevin Smith Jr., Dave Jones, Dante McMillan around the goal line, 
I think that's where we become elite in, in the run game. And we did that 2017. I mean, Kevin Smith had six touchdowns this year. Uh, John was talking about how good of a season Dave Jones had that year. Uh, it's it's a good room. This, this clearly, as John said, it, he thinks it's his the deepest position we have. It, there's a lot of talent here. The key to me is going to be um, Josh Davis staying healthy. He's had the injury bug seems to have gotten in the past couple of years a little bit here and there. If he can stay healthy and and honestly, I, I jump in a little bit. I think this goes to the wide receiver group. If we can not rely so much on Josh Davis to be the one carrying the entire offense like it was in that 2019 year, um, I think that keeps him more healthy, makes it so he gets wore down less, and it hopefully keeps him healthy for the whole year. Totally agree. Uh, that 2019 season was a little bit rough and passing yards were maybe a little bit tough to come by, but luckily we had a stable, a couple of quite a few of these guys. Chris Jackson was on that team. Kevin Smith Jr. was on that team. And of course, like you mentioned, Josh Davis. So opportunities there for guys to hopefully, if the ball gets spread around, to not get worn down and stay fresh throughout the season. Emily, what are your thoughts on this running back group before we wrap wrap up this one? Uh, you know, I pretty much got to agree. I think it's all, I think we're always more comfortable, definitely having Josh Davis on the field. He knows what he's doing. He has struggled with those injuries. Um, he is a junior. So I think with that being said, he'll be, he'll be finishing up with Weber state in the next few years. And looking at this roster, they have some pretty young talent, which I think is good for us since we've carried, uh, Josh Davis, like you guys said, in 2019, it was pretty much Josh Davis on offense. That was our, our go-to guy. I'm pretty excited about Dante McMillan. Oh, he, he had two touchdowns in our, in the home or not home opener, excuse me, season opener against ISU. He had a great game during SUU. I just think he's going to be, he's ha- he has a pretty promising future as a wildcat with us. Yeah, I have to agree hundred percent. I was really impressed with Dante's play. I mean, I think with the other, the other guys that we talked about for the most part, we know what we're getting. We know that these guys, we've seen them in action. We know what they can do, but some of these younger guys like Dante McMillan, Damon Bakeston, um, man, I'm excited to see how those guys perform and hopefully they'll get those opportunities, those touches as time goes on, because that's going to be, I mean, it's clear that when they get opportunities, I don't know much about Damon Bankston quite yet. haven't seen him play, but we know for sure when Dante McMillan gets, when the bell rings, he answers. And so it'll be interesting to see how he does it. Now guys, let's, uh, one thing excited about, sorry, one thing I'm excited about with Bankston, we'll say this, um, it serves me right. He was returning some kicks in high school too. Uh, that uh, putting, if, if if that is the case, and we can put him alongside Rashid Shahid, that is good. I mean, a good place to be because Rashid will be a senior. Like this is it, guys. This is the last season of Rashid Shahid in Ogden. So get your tickets because it could be the last chance you see him to run one back on folks. But it's good to know that there's somebody like Damon Bankston out there who can hurt you and maybe take that crown of a dangerous kick returner because Wildcats are known for having solid special teams play. And part of that is having a dangerous kick returner on the other side, catching the ball and running it back. So now guys, I want to go to wide receiver tight end wide receiver slash tight end, because you know, obviously both, both sides are catching the ball. Um, we've got some new faces uh, when it comes to wide receiver. Um, of course we have, we have some some guys that we're, we're used to, guys like David Ames, T-Mac, Ty McPherson. Uh, Rashid Jaheed's going to be out there catching balls. Um, Hudson, Hudson Skank is going to be out there. Hayes Hadley, we've seen him before. Also potentially a uh, kick return threat. But also, now we've got some new guys. Uh, we've got some freshmen and like Colby Samuels. And we got some transfers. I got some, some big names like Randall Grimes coming to us from UNLV by way of USC from Las Vegas. Devin Cooley, it seems, is ready to, to take up a little bit more rolling on the tight end side. We've got, we've got a transfer in Jordan Allen from the university of Tennessee, who I think is interesting. Plus the return of Justin Malone, who was the hero of that NAU game. Talk to me a little bit about this group guys. Um, Emily, I want to start with you. Uh, how are you feeling about this wide receiver group? And I mean, to me, the biggest thing is the quarterback thing, but capable. How do you feel? Um, well, I, I mean, I got to say kind of what you had mentioned, Rashid Shahid, how can they not be the first name that comes to mind? I mean, as a wide receiver, he's definitely made a name here at Weber state. He will be missed, but I think he'll just have an explosive season. Ty McPherson was super fun to watch in the uh, 2021 spring season. He, he was a captain. He led the team pretty well. Um, I mean, I don't think there was a single game he necessarily played 
Orlean, which I think is a pretty promising player for us, always showing up. But uh, I mean, overall, this is a pretty promising lineup for us this season. I, I'm excited about the transfers. I'll want to see more of them play. But overall, I, I just think we have a promising lineup. Uh, I tend to agree with Emily, uh, especially with seemingly better quarterback play. I mean, that's the, the difficult thing about wide receivers, right? They can only do so much if they're not getting the ball. And it looks like there's going to be a, an uptick in production. I've heard some some pretty deep throws. Uh, we saw some of that last season. Um, Chappie, what about you? Wide receivers and tight ends. How are you feeling about this group? Yeah, so I, I, I don't think this is the deepest group. We're going to get to that one. I think there's only one group left, so that should give away my pick. But I do think this is the the key group to the to the offense. Okay. There are, there's so many weapons here. I, I, that was, that was what we talked about coming into the spring season uh, last, you know, a few months ago was how deep we felt like they were at wide receiver and tight end. And they're more so now, you know, Devin Cooley, he, guys, he's the, he's the highest rated recruit we've ever had. Uh, 2019, he was, he was lights out, you know, for whatever reason, for whatever was wrong uh, with him in, in the spring season this year, you know, we still had great numbers from guys like, like T-Mac, Rashid Shahid, David Ames, and, and Devin Cooley wasn't even, you know, had like two balls thrown at him all year. So uh, if he can have a breakout year this year, I think it, it he's back to his old self. I think it serves us very well. Uh, but not only that, you know, getting, as you mentioned, Randall Grimes, it's a four-star recruit coming in here. Guys, he's he's great. Jordan Allen, guy that was playing SEC football uh, a couple of years ago. I mean, again, that's great. And and of course, throw in Justin Malone there. It's to me, this is the key group. As I was mentioning, the running backs. If if we can have our wide receiver group and our quarterback function well, it takes a lot of the load off of a running game that we already know is stout. For sure. I mean, I have to agree with you. I mean, not necessarily the deepest group, but the most intriguing group that we have based upon what we have in the pocket, right? Should this group have a breakout season, it makes the Wildcats probably one of the most dangerous teams in the country because the defense has been solid for years. Everybody knows that we've seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of articles lately talking about the fact that the weight of the conference championship in the big sky is stout defense, which is a change from years past where high flying offenses were the, were the order of the day in the two thousands. Now it's solid defense. Should the Wildcats have a breakout season at wide receiver uh, and tight end, that's going to make it very, very easy for the running back group that we just talked about to continue to do damage. And we're going to run the score up on a lot of teams. Uh, interesting. John King, wrap up our wide receivers, tight ends. How are you feeling? Well, I think if you when if you polled our whole group um, at the beginning of the spring season last year, I think that most a lot of us would have said that the wide receiver group was the deepest group going into the um, uh, going into the spring season. Now, for whatever reason, you know, things didn't work out, I think, as greatly as, you know, we had planned going into the season. But the talent is there at the end of the day. I mean, you know, really hope for a bounce back year out of De Devin Cooley. I mean, going from uh, um, catching 740 yards worth of passes. Um, two years ago to catch him one ball in the spring. I think that was something that no one really, um, uh, no one really saw coming. Um, but you also, you know, last week I really spoke very highly about, uh, about, about Ty McPherson, because, you know, I think that he had kind of a breakout year last year. I know I was not personally expecting him to, you know, lead the team in receiving like he did, but the player that I'm most excited for out of this group is I really want to see Randall Grimes. And the reason I want to see him is because he's a different kind of receiver that Weber state really hasn't had, at least since I've been following them. I mean, you know, for the most part, whether it was drew bachelor or any of the receivers, you know, Rashid Tahid or, any of the receivers we have on the roster now, they're not six, four, and they're not 215 pounds. He's a big physical presence presence. He's going to be able to line up on the, he's going to be able to line up on the outside. He's going to draw attention and he's going to be a problem in the red zone. All things that I think are going to be really, really helpful for this wildcat office. And it's going to give them a dimension that they really haven't had, at least since I've been following the team. Yeah, totally agree. T-Mac really had a good season last year. I think he was really clutch a lot of times, especially passes over the middle. Seemed like T-Mac was there. Kind of clean up some of that. But uh, should Randall Grimes be that big physical presence, like you said, against some of the secondaries in the league, that could bode well for the Wildcats. Guys, I want to wrap up the offense now. Talk about the offensive line. We've got a couple. We've got an All-American in Ty Whitworth, preseason All-American, but it was an All-American last year, I believe. 
Um, but we also have our returning center, Ben Bose, who was out last year. Um, good guy to have, but we talked to Noah Tagi earlier in the season. Uh, this is a group that I think is sneakily one of the deepest that we have. Um, Emily, what are your thoughts on this offensive line? Uh, I, I kind of got to agree with you, Colby. They're pretty sneaky. I think they come in clutch when needed. Uh, we have some pretty solid guys. Uh, like you said, Ben Bose. We have... The only thing I'm worried about is we did lose some players. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Noah Vallea on offensive line last year? Uh, I, I can't, I can't remember that. We, oh, defensive. I was thinking he was offense because I know he graduated... Um, I mean, overall, I think there's some pretty promising players. It's it's an older group for sure. We have some seniors on there. We have, like you said, Ty Whitworth. He's a solid player. I am excited, though, because we do have some younger guys on the team, which I'm excited to see in this upcoming season. Yeah, some of the guys that we talked about in our, um, how do I want to say, or some of our recruiting shows, uh, those guys have joined the team now. So guys like Jake Eichhorn, right? We talked a lot about Jake and him coming up from Beaver being one of the, you know, a star, I think like won the MVP in 2A, 2 or 3A. I can't quite remember what we said, but uh, a standout player there and someone who's just... uh, I guess mentally tough and ready for the task. So we've got Jake Icorn coming up, uh, but also Braden Ship, who ha- had been committed to BSU and then uh, decommitted and, and ended up coming up to Weber State. You know, he's a big boy and an opportunity for him to play. Another one, I- I'm going to shout this guy out because I'm from Roy and I don't want to hear any more slander about Fremont. Uh, Roy High, a standout. Cormac Boyer played at Snow College and now with the Wildcats. So uh, the Atagi brothers, of course, like we mentioned there, plus uh, Brendan Mangum, a uh, teammate of Noah Kerr, who will be joining the team later. But Brendan is here now. And uh, gosh, guys, like this looks like a good group, not to mention Jordan, Jordan Latui and uh, some of these other standouts. So, Chappie, thoughts on this before we move on? First of all, I thought players were only allowed to live in Bonneville territory in this city. <laughs> That's that's great. Um, yeah, I don't think it's sneakily the, the the deepest position group. I think it absolutely is the deepest position group on on our offense. Games played on offensive line matter perhaps more than any other position. And uh, you know, and Emily, one thing you mentioned, Noah Vey played was linebacker, but we did lose Hiram Tapasoa. He did decide to retire, but we have you know the Atagi brothers here. Uh, it's a very deep group. This is a group with a lot of experience. It should serve us and our running game very well. Uh, what I am most excited about this group, uh, I am excited to hopefully see another big man touchdown on a Statue of Liberty play. You want more hook back. and ladder? <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. Excuse me. I want, I want more hook and ladder lineman plays that needs to be worked in somewhere during the season. Now there's an opportunity for it. Like we talked to Noah uh, uh, Toggy. Uh, look, you know, if there's an opportunity, you know, it, it might get called out. Uh, comment from Kevin Lucas back in our uh, wide receiver tight end. He he mentioned uh, new freshman tight end Rasmussen. Guy's huge and athletic, good scrimmage and big tight end. Might be six nine. I have to check that. But uh, matchup nightmare for opposing defenses. Also, shout out to Kevin. Saw him at the uh, at the alumni game. So good to see you, man. Uh, John uh, King. List, uh, list, 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 Mr. Davis Rasmussen has 6'8", 275. That is a very large man playing tight end. A massive guy if he can catch the ball. Plus, he's going to be blocking. So, John King, wrap this one up. Uh, offensive line, how you feeling? Listen, you, you don't run the ball as well as Weber State has over the last four or five years without having a really, really, really solid offensive line. And so they're going to drive the tempo this year, to be to, to, to be honest, because, look, we know Weber State, the, 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 the bread and butter of this team is going to be running the football. Um, and you're going to need, you know, you're going to need the big uglies to do that. So, you know, having the tackles, you know, bookended by Ty Whitworth and Noah Tagi. That's you're not going to find a better pair pairing in the Big Sky Conference, in my opinion. Period. Um, experienced guy like Ben Ben Boss. I mean, look, the center is the quarterback of the offensive line. You know, he he's 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 a senior. He's played in a ton of games. He's been on great teams at Weber State. You know, 
leadership in that, in that room is going to be huge, but th- this is, you know, I agree with Ch- Chappie. If it's not the running backs, which, you know, I think is the deepest group. The, this is the deep, this is the deepest group and they are going to set the, they're going to set the temple for the, for the season. You know, if, if Weber state can consistently run the football and uh, against all different sorts of fronts, there will be great things that happen for the Wildcats this season. Yeah. And also should note that it's always a well-coached group. Every time we talk to offensive linemen, former offensive linemen, they talk about the wonders that Coach Brent Myers does with that group. And so you can always expect them to be disciplined and well-coached. So guys, um, we are going to do our best to get through the defense quickly before we move on to this or that and wrap the show. Um, Defense is always a strength for the Wildcats, of course. Um, And so we've got... uh, I want to start out with... The defensive line, I think, is the place I want to start. Let's start from the front and we'll work our way back. Uh, defensive line, I felt, had a little bit of... They had some issues last season. Uh, they maybe weren't getting quite the pressure on quarterbacks that we had seen in the past. Plus, the there was an increase in good quarterback play all across the big sky with the arrival of Tyler Vanderwall, Justin Miller. I mean, I'll even give it to, you know... Uh, Keandre Woodtee at NAU uh, transferred down from Oklahoma State University. Uh, there's some good quarterback play in the big sky. Um, and it just didn't seem like we were getting the pressure on those guys. But we've got some guys returning, guys who are 100% now. George Charles is going to be back. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, Jared Sheese was um, also named to a number of preseason awards, um, uh, well, I guess lists, as it were. How are we feeling about the defensive line, guys? Because we have some injured guys who will be returning, some maybe guys who weren't 100%. Are we going to see a return to the pressure that we'd seen in the past? Emily Miller, I want to start with you. Um, I, I mean, to be honest, I think the defensive line can be pretty promising. They had some moments last year I wasn't too sure about. But, I mean, overall, when you have returning players like Jared Sheese, even Doug Sheese, like pretty promising players, uh, Sione, I'm going to butcher his last name. Lapawal. I can never, I can't, but um, he is a pretty, he had some pretty good calls last or pretty good um, moves last season. So I think we have a pretty solid returning lineup for them. And especially just names like that. I think they're going to definitely show up for the season. Yeah. Another thing to note was that uh, McCade Mitten was injured in the spring season. We'll be back for the Wildcats at defensive end. So good to see him back as a junior had a big impact before went to bear river. Shout out. There you go, Sean and Dan. Uh, that's, that's for you guys, but uh, he'll be returning as well. So Chappie, what about you defensive line? What are you thinking? Yeah, it, it's the group that maybe took a step back last year more than the other groups. We, we'll talk about the backfield, the defensive backfields, the cornerbacks felt like they took a step forward. Um, defensive line, uh, you know, felt like maybe they took a step back, but th- there is talent there. You mentioned McKinney coming back, George Tarlis, you know, the Greek freak, that guy is usually all over the field. It just seems like whether it was scheme and they were trying to play that way or whether it was injury, whatever it was, it just seems like they did not get uh, nearly enough pressure, you know, on quarterbacks, especially if we go back to that Southern Illinois game, you know, Mr. Mr. Labinowitz was able to just had, seemed like he had all day back there whenever he wanted it. Very true. Uh, I mean, like I said, this defensive line faced some really good quarterbacks last year. And so it can be, you know, a challenge at times, but with some of these injuries um, and some guys returning, maybe that changes. John King, what about you? Yeah. So, um, you know, I talked about, you know, offensive line setting the tempo, you know, just a second ago and, and defense, the defensive line sets the tempo for Jay Hill's defense. And it has since, you know, it has since he's, he, he's been here because, you know, if you can pressure with four, that allows you to do a lot of different things on the back end, which, you know, we've seen Weber state, in my opinion, has had one of the most creative defenses in the country at any level of football over the past, you know, over the past five years. But the key to that is going to be getting pressure with four, you know, two years ago when, uh, on the team that, you know, made it to the, made it to the semifinals, you had Adam Rodriguez, you had Jonah Williams, two 
elite level pass rushers who can get there. Um, Weaver state really needs a big season out of George Charles. Um, they need that consistent, you know, guy who's going to go out there and is going to, you know, get 12 or 13 sacks. They need that. They need that guy who defenses are scheming for weekend and week out. Um, and, I really hope that he is going to have a back. Uh, I really hope that he's going to have a bounce back year this year because I think he has all the physical attributes. And if you look two years ago, um, you know, he was one of our, you know, one of our best pass rushers. And, you know, I think that if he can bounce, if, if he can bounce back this year, I think that that's going to be, um, really, really huge for the defense because it just allows for so many other things. You know, you don't have to send, you don't have to send an extra linebacker. You know, you don't have to play with more people in the box. If you're getting pressure with four, you know, you're, you're ahead of so many different teams, um, uh, uh, you know, in this game. Yeah, I got to Got to agree. I think we got to see a big season with George Tarlis, but nobody holds him to a higher standard than himself. So I think we're going to see some improvement. Plus, like we said, he wasn't necessarily 100% in the spring. He was dealing with some lingering issues. Um, so now, guys, I want to go to... Uh, we've, we've, we're running out of time really quickly, but I want to make it through linebackers and secondary really quickly. So I'm going to lump the two together because we're just running out of time. Uh, the linebackers have been, it's a position of strength across the big sky. I mean, linebackers, it's just a place where like there are guys everywhere, you know, in, in the, in the conference, you've got Trey Walker up at Idaho. You've got, um, uh, oh man, I practice his name so much. And, uh, Mark, and I can't believe that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the guy at SUU, Koho Hano Davis, who is dynamic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he's really good. They're just, they're really good linebackers, but we've got the captain coming back in Connor Mortensen, who was defensive player of the year in the big sky in the spring season. Emily, talk to me about the linebackers and the secondary. Of course, we've got Eddie Heckard. We've got uh, Desmond Williams should be back after injury to his knee um, at some point. Uh, looking forward to this group of guys, which I think has normally been the greatest strength to any Wildcat team. Thoughts? Sorry, I was I was frozen there for a second. Um, I mean, what isn't there to say about our linebackers specifically? Like, you can't not love a story like what Connor has. He has literally worked from the ground up and is at the top, and you just can't not love that. And he, he had a killer season. I think, you know, I mean, what else is there to say? He, he played in all six games. He, I just, I don't know. I just can't say enough about him. He had 52 tackles, like just an explosive spring season. You also see names on here. I, I kind of enjoyed watching Winston Reed over the spring season. I think he had a pretty good, pretty good season. His name definitely popped up more. You, you have names like Sherwin Lavaca. Mm. What isn't there to yeah. say about our linebackers? Yep. Yeah. Sherwin Lavaca was so big, especially in meeting guys in the hole. I saw several plays in the spring where that dude just came up and met somebody in the hole and just, Stuffed them. Just incredible play. Chappie, what about you? LBs and DBs, uh, how are we feeling about them? Of course, like I said, normally a position of strength for the Wildcats. Continues to be a position of strength. It's where we're well strong. Coached. Well coached. Jay Hill, you know, Jay Hill's running this defense, even though he may not be the defensive coordinator in name this year, but uh, it's always going to be strong. You know, a couple names here. Mitchell Maxfield, he took a couple steps forward last season in the spring. I expect him to do the same. Jay Nayu, he is a heck of a ball player, guys. He's a freshman. Yep. I would expect to see him get some time. But shout out and kudos to our, our cornerbacks, our defensive secondary. Um, those guys, in 2019, they were our most inexperienced group. Uh, it showed a little bit. They took the biggest leap forward in the spring season this year. And I am excited to see them play that, you know, man press press coverage on the corner and just dominate guys. They, when they can do that, when our cornerbacks can do that and dominate the secondary, it opens things up for the defensive line and the linebackers. Got to agree with you there, Chappie. Um, they really were one of the least experienced groups, and Jay Hill said that. Had to break in a lot of guys, but, I mean, uh, that's a standout group of guys right there, and I don't think that we need to worry too much. John King, wrap us up here so we can move on to the next uh, segment. LBs and DBs and secondary. How you feeling? 
Well, I'm just going to give a special shout out to, you know, to, to the two corners, Mark Collins and Eddie Heckard. And the reason I'm going to do that is I'm going to kind of contradict what I just said about, you know, two minutes ago, you know, if the Wildcats can't get pressure with, with four, having those two guys playing corner who can be locked down man corners left out, left alone on an Island that does open up a lot of the creativity that you can have on the defensive side of the ball. You can send different blitz packages. You know, you can take more risk because you know that those guys on the outside are going to do their job and take care of business. And so, you know, that is a huge, huge advantage that Weaver state is going to have all throughout this year. Um, that, you know, if, if you know the the defensive line struggles and does not get pressure on the quarterback, they have the luxury because of those two corners to send pressure from all over the field in order to make up for that. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to say here about that group, especially the the secondary guys, we got a track star in Jalon Rock who is coming from Arlington, Texas. Kid is a true freshman and he has speed. Really excited to see how he develops as we move through all of this, you know, as we move through the season and it's hopefully see him get an opportunity to play because apparently he and Preston Smith had some picks in the final day of practice. Um, I think the kid's going to be a star. So looking forward to that. Uh, Chappie, I think you had one shout out for us uh, for special teams, which we didn't quite get to. Um, one thing you want to yeah, say there. If, if special teams is, is obviously an area uh, that we, we need to improve on a little bit, field goal kicking specifically, um, I thought I thought our Australian punter did pretty good uh, near, yeah, Mac Morgan near the end of the season. Kicking needs to improve, but to me, one of the biggest differences between the, the 2019 season and the spring season was was the lack of. The, the the trick plays on special teams, and and I don't necessarily think that was Jay Hill playing conservative. I think, and he mentioned it a couple of times that teams were preparing for it. Like they were clearly spending time in practice preparing for Weber State's potential trick plays on special teams. And so I hope they can figure out a way to, to, to run those plays because they, they are momentum shifters. They always would come. I mean, the, the Kennesaw playoff game in 2019, I mean, we're running, you know, inside our own 40 running fake punts and, it, it, you know, it, it just kills the momentum for the other team. Any, any momentum they have, it just takes it right back to us. I, I love those plays. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'm going to note before we move on here, guys, a couple of freshman kickers. Uh, we do have to play a game up in Cheney this season. And as you all know, it's very windy in Cheney. Uh, and so we will see how these freshman kickers deal with some of these uh, adverse uh, situations, uh, because I think they're going to come. I think that, you know, we've got some games where we're going to see some, some wind and we'll see how these freshman kickers deal with that. So with that, let's move on. Let's wrap up the show with a game a game. I like to call this or that I've got a few situations here, guys, and I am going to ask you, what do you think? Which would you prefer this or that? So first, uh, first situation that I'm going to give you is I'm going to start with uh, you, John King. This or that, which do you prefer? Would you rather beat Utah at Rice-Eccles, which will be on Thursday next week, that game? Or would you rather beat Montana in the playoffs at Wash Grizz? Which would you prefer? This or I'd rather that? Be- I'd rather beat Montana in the playoffs and, you know, I might catch, you know, some stick for this, but, um, you know, the Utah game would be a nice win to have, but you know, if you're going to beat Montana on the road in the playoffs, that means that you're, you're close and we all want to win the national championship. Everybody wants to win the national championship, which means, you know, if you're going to win a game there in the playoffs, that means that you're either, you know, you're either going to the championship game or you're going to be close to the championship game. And so I just think that that game would be a little bit more meaningful to the ultimate goals of the program. Although the win against Utah, you know, could be really nice we all want to win a national championship and, you know, beating teams like Montana, that's what it's going to take for us to do, to get there. All right. So John King says, want to win at Wash Grizz? As we know, it's a difficult place to play and win. Uh, Wildcats have struggled up there of late. Um, what about you, Chappie? What are you thinking? Utah win, uh, should it happen? Or maybe win up at Wash Grizz in the playoffs? Should that happen? Yeah, it's 100% beating Montana at Montana. One, 
1000%. If <laughs> as, as a, as a Weber state fan, Montana is your mortal enemy, right? No, nobody else in the state really cares about Weber state here in, in the state. So uh, the in-state battles that we have, I, it's especially in football, it, it's not really a thing, you know, basketball. Yeah. I think we, we play them and want to beat them, but I don't necessarily care about the in-state cred, you know, by that would come by beating Utah. I, I care about beating Montana because there's, 30 years of history there <laughs> that we need to, to exercise and, and of rivalry uh, selfishly as well. Beating Utah, if they were to do that would definitely raise the national profile of a certain head coach. And man, I want that guy to stay around here for as long as he can. So <laughs> yeah, definitely a long shot there. Uh, beating Utah. That's a, that's a tough team over there. Um, Emily, what about you? Beat Utah or win at Wash Grizz. I almost, I almost wanted to be different and say, I want Utah, Utah, uh, us to win at Utah, just because kind of what Chappie said was, I think Weaver State's forgotten about in Utah, but, um, and I mean, that'd be a great win. I think it'd start our season out really well, but I think any Weaver State fan is going to say Montana, like Montana sits atop, sits atop their own throne thinking they sit up there alone, but Weber State's there, if not higher. And I think they're the only ones who really aren't realizing that now. And I mean, what better thing would be a, a road win in playoffs? I don't, I, that's like Christmas for us. <laughs> Definitely Christmas. So I got one more for you guys in this or that. So unanimously, everybody wanted to win at Wash Grizz. So I'm going to go, oh, I've got a couple here and I really got to pick. Okay. I'm going to do this one. This is selfish. Maybe even a little bit of market research. We're going to talk about logos. There's been a lot of conversation about the the desire to see more of the flying W around. So we've seen some of that. Um, if you were picking, would you be able to buy a flying W, some flying W gear, or would you rather buy throwback Waldo gear? Which one do you love more? John King, what do you think? Well, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. The answer is the flying W, period. Flying, like flying, flying W. I love it. It looks great on helmets. I, I just, it's a great logo. Um, sorry, Waldo, but flying W all the way. Jabby, your thoughts. How about throwback, throwback Waldo with flying W? Don't, uh, anyway. no, you can't hedge. No, no push. Dang it. Sean's not here to tell us no push. It's the flying W. The, the flying W is such a unique logo to, and it's so crisp and good looking. And especially in an era where throwbacks are, are, are in, that logo plays so well and it's beautiful. I, I get, I get angry when I go and go to the, to the bookstore anywhere and, you know, see maybe one piece of flying W gear. I, I want more. It seems to have become the, the de facto football team logo, which I like, but it's hard for the fans to get the gear that those guys have. Yeah. Good call. And I will say I, I went and had lunch with Bob Hunter who created the flying W and he told me the backstory. So I'll just tell you guys about, a little bit about that later. Uh, really interesting. Uh, Emily, I'm going to go to you flying W or throwback Waldo. I, I just got to say, I'm thankful. I did not go to school at Weber state when uh retro Waldo was a thing. <laughs> not my favorite. I'm not a big fan of mascots, but you, you got to love Waldo. Um, anyways, what else can I say? It's going to be the flying W it's clean. It's crisp helmets. Always, always looking good. I, I can't, I wouldn't ever be able to say retro Waldo versus the flying W. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call guys. Uh, I'm going to go contrarian. I like, I like throwback Waldo. I think he looks cool. I got some uh, flo- throwback Waldo in my office at home. So yeah, I think, I, I think I'd like to see some, some throwback Waldo, you know, like they have the, the, pic- the pictures inside of the wildcat room up on campus. So that was this or that. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about some upcoming events where we wrap up the show. Uh, Thursday, August 26th, we got women's soccer. They're going to be playing a home match against Utah Valley. That'll be 7 p.m. ESPN Plus. So as you as we noted elsewhere, ESPN will be taking over. No, no longer will you have Pluto TV. These matches will be on ESPN Plus now this season. Uh, next on Friday, August 27th, volleyball is getting started. First match of the season will be at home against Big East uh, I'm not going to say powerhouse, but Big East member, Seton Hall. They're going to be at 11 a.m. on Friday, ESPN Plus, if you want to watch it. Or just go down to the Swenson and watch them. Went down to the purple and white scrimmage today. They looked great. Excited for that. Uh, Saturday, August 28th, got a couple of volleyball matches. So they're going to be busy this weekend. They're, they're going to be playing on 
Um, they're going to be playing early, 11 a.m. on Friday or on Saturday. They'll, that will be in the Swenson against North Dakota, former Big Sky member. That'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Then later that afternoon uh, at 7 p.m., they'll be taking a trip up to Logan to play, take on Utah State. So two matches in a day for them. Uh, really busy weekend. Finally, Sunday, August 29th, women's soccer will be playing Utah State once again at home uh, at Wildcat Soccer Field. Uh, that match will be at 1 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. You can watch all the action there. So now, guys, we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, if you have any ideas, questions, comments, ideas, go ahead and send them to us. WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com or info at WeberStateWeekly.com. Either of those places will get you an answer. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is the best place to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. Um, we've also got a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Uh, become a patron, and that will get you into our Slack channel, our game day chat with a number of other Wildcat fans who support Weber State Weekly. Uh, we chat all about the game in there on, on game day. So join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. And of course, we're going to have the blog going this season again, weberstateweekly.com. That's a good place to read some upcoming content. Um, we'll be writing and maybe doing some multimedia stuff there this season. So check that out. So everyone, this will be it. We're going to wrap the show like we usually do. And I'll just say it. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 <laughs> Go Wildcats. Oh!